Welcome to the Healing Ninjas podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. Hey, everyone. Uh, We're back again with episode six of the Healing Ninjas podcast. And today I'm joined by an hermano of mine. His name is Antonio Reza. Uh, Antonio was one of the few men who answered the call to action when I said, hey, y'all, any men out there that want to share their stories of healing? And Antonio was one of the first few to just comment, send a message and connect with me. So I'm just really excited to have him on this. And Antonio, gracias. Thank you so much for being willing to share your journey. Yeah, no problem, man. And uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Yes, I'm excited. And, you know, I, I want to give you the ultimate space again to just really share, right? Why Why did you sign up? Why is healing important to you? What are some of the experiences that you're bringing on to the show today that, you know, you want to share with the world and others who are listening? Healing is important for a variety of reasons. Um, there's a saying that is, that goes around among the uh, formerly incarcerated community, and it's hurt people hurt people. Mm. And most of the time, you'll find that people who commit crimes or people who are self-destructive or people who are destructive to their relationships or to others around them who love them, it's often because they themselves have unresolved traumas or they're hurt, and they haven't done the proper healing to move forward in life in a positive in a positive way which is why hopefully i can try to shed some light and try to break some of that toxic masculinity that says we don't need help we don't need anybody you know button it up and get it over it you know that's that's super unhealthy and hopefully by speaking out other men specifically will see that it's okay hmm can you can you speak to that experience, the toxic masculinity, when we spoke about it briefly? You know, it's a real thing. But I think for people who are listening, you know, there actively had another um, brother of mine share his journey the other day. And he said straight up that he was talking to two of his friends and they said, man, what about there's no such thing as toxic masculinity, uh, which is really weird. I'm like, what? It's a real thing. Can you talk to people about what that experience for for you has been, right? Where toxic masculinity has existed in your life? Yeah, you know, I mean, toxic masculinity is everywhere. It's in both micro and macro aggressions. So it can be experienced in people saying things like, get over it, man up, mm. you know, like just, just things like that. What, what is man up supposed to be? Mm. You know, when you, when you really dissect it, what am I supposed to take from man up? Does that mean I'm supposed to just let somebody abuse me mm. and have it not affect me both physically, emotionally, and mentally? No, but yet if, let's say if there was a woman who went through a similar experience, people would constantly be like, oh my God, are you okay? Mm. Whereas if it's a guy, it's like, dude, get over it. Like, Mm. come on now. 
yeah, just rub some dirt in it, get on your way. Like that's, that's super toxic. Yes. You know, and it's, uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't get you anywhere. And when you're, you know, when you say that, when we hear that, right, get over it, man up, you know, in, in la, the Spanish culture, we have like the ponte duro, you know, no, no llores, don't cry. <laughs> and and you have a mix of that, right? <laughs> You've heard a little bit of, of two sides of, of different cultures. Can you talk a little bit about that for folks? Because, you know, I know that, but, you know, just for people to understand, like, how it might show up, you know, in different contexts and, and for different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. So I am half Mexican and half Irish. And with that, it, uh, I can drink and I'm very feisty. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, but, but with that being said, just because I can drink and I'm feisty doesn't mean that my coping mechanisms should be determined by alcohol. Mm. You know, I, I, I enjoy alcohol. I do. I mean, it's, it is deeply ingrained in both sides of my family. It's, it is a cultural thing. However, it's also a cultural problem. You know, because some people, they just can't beat that, you know, when the alcohol gets a hold of them. So I have to be very aware of my drinking. And I can't just use drinking for coping. I can't just use drinking for celebrating and for everything. I mean, I, I am blessed with not culturally appropriating Cinco de Mayo and St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and and I get to, I get, I mean, I don't, St. Patrick's Day is an Irish holiday, but in America, it's very much a drinking holiday, like mm -hmm. same with Cinco de Mayo. That is not Mexico's independence. Yes. <laughs> That's another thank conversation you. for another day. Yes, thank you. But it's it is an American drinking holiday, you know. And I get down, bro. Like I, you know. <laughs> but that's a uh, again. I'm, I'm getting off track. The point is, is that drinking is very much culturally ingrained, and I've noticed that it's a lot of like, man, I've get over it. Do a shot. You'll be all right. And mm -hmm. it's like, why is, why is that the fallback? Why is that, why is that what we got to do? You know, why can't I actually talk about it? And I think that goes into, I mean, it's statistically proven that men have higher rates of suicide. We do. And I believe firmly that it goes back to toxic masculinity. They shut up and get over it. Man yes. up. It's like, why can't I just talk to you about this? This yes. is genuinely bothering me. We're all people at the end of the day, and some people get affected by things more than others. Your sex and your gender should not determine how emotionally affected you are. I know some men who are very feminine, and I know some women who are very masculine. Does that mean that emotionally that they need to respond in the you know in a binary response that oh well if you're a woman and you act masculine, therefore you need to man up. Whereas if it's a guy and he acts feminine woman up like what is what is that even supposed to mean you know like it just doesn't make sense once you scratch the surface it no longer has validity yes oh my god and you just brought up a really important point right like whenever i've been in conversations where there's hyper masculine men so men who just like just carry their masculine side heavy and all of a sudden a woman goes to something it's like oh my bad man up oh wait a minute my bad my bad i meant woman up as if it changes what you're trying to say <laughs> as if it's trying to actively you know dissuade people from it's actively achieving the same thing which is really being oppressive in our language and just telling a person to get over it to just not feel and you know i i i want to i want to you know i, I want to have people 
hear from you, Antonio, you know, particularly men, right? Because you said that. Why it's so important for us to start leaning into healing very intentionally, right? Because it's one thing for Antonio to be, you know, talking about it. It's one thing for Hernan, me to be hosting conversations around it. But why are why should we need to invite other men into this process? Why should they lean into this process more? Because hurt people hurt people. Hmm. You will not have healthy relationships if you're hurt. If you have so much unresolved trauma, you're going to have that it's just going to permeate into all aspects of your life. Every facet of your being is going to be impacted by this hurt, by this pain. If you don't do the right healing, it's going to mess up relationships with your significant other. It's going to mess up relationships with your family. It's going to mess up relationships with your kids. It's going to mess up relationships with your grandkids because you don't know how to act because you never healed because you were so busy manning up that you never got to the root problem. And you never address the problem. Hmm. You know, people people are going to hear this, particularly men. I know, right? Like, and I just want to honor our brothers who will hear this and are going to be like, "Man, these two dudes are over here preaching a whole bunch of, you know, nonsense." Or and maybe some of you are. Maybe some of you are questioning whether or not, yeah, you know, why why am I not willing to be vulnerable? Why am I not willing to sit deeply with these emotions and feelings? And Antonio, are there particular books uh particular resources that you've used or or even techniques that you've used to sort of address some of the stuff that you're talking about right because we're talking about you you having such a high level of awareness even with your drinking and and being able to manage that what how have you been able to achieve that well you know it's uh it's interesting that you say that because i'm not perfect so everybody listening to this even where i'm at i still have a lot of issues. I have a lot of healing myself. I have to go through based on my incarceration and my family life growing up and, you know, bouts of homelessness. I, I have a lot of unresolved trauma that I'm still working on. So this isn't me preaching to the choir. I, I am the choir, you know, like, <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I, I'm right there with you guys and it's not easy. You know, sometimes I catch myself saying to other people, like, hey, get over it, bro. You know? And I'm like, Oh damn. You know, and I got to kind of like catch myself and say, I need to respect the fact that, yeah, that situation does suck for you, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not, it's not easy and I'm nowhere near perfect and I will never claim that I've got it mastered and I have a long way to go, you know? And I, uh, I still don't have the best coping mechanisms, you know, when, when I lose somebody and I, I've become very familiar with death at this point in my life. I have a system. The first day I get completely shithouse drunk. The second day I get kind of drunk. I, I, who am I kidding? I still get pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, uh, the third day it's less. And then I slowly start to unpack that. Mm. You know, so I know that's not healthy, but it's what I do, you know? So it's not, like I said, I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm still trying to be a better person every day. Um, and different people are going to heal different ways. You know, it's going to look differently for me than it is for you. And it's not one size fits all, you know, it it might not be you talking about it. You know, it might be you going out fishing with your boys. It might be you hanging out and drinking a beer and looking at the stars. It might be you sitting around a campfire. It might be you playing violent video games and getting that aggression out. You know, it, it can come in so many different forms. It is, it, healing is not a one size fits all. 
That is not what I'm saying. I will never say that. And it's always, it's going to be a constant journey. Some people are farther along than others. Some people will backslide into bad habits. But at the end of the day, we got to keep moving forward in a positive direction. Mm. I like how you just kind of laid out a list, right? You were like fishing, campfire, violent video game. <laughs> you know, just like the 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 realness of of telling people that, yo, we're, we're going to do this in different ways, right? Like it doesn't matter what you choose as long as you are continuing to keep moving forward, right? And that that journey, you know, and, and even if the, the, the slogan for Healing Ninjas is, you know, people who want to master the art of healing, I hope people understand that when I say master the art of healing, I'm saying, you know, healing, if we define it as a journey or an everyday commitment, means that you're kind of mastering the art of wanting to heal every day of your life, wanting to actively become a better person. And in that journey, however, there are dark moments. There are heavy moments, Antonio. And, you know, you, you kind of have alluded to that a little bit with, you know, just sharing, like, if you lose someone, there's this process that you go through. When you have dark moments... How do you deal with them now? How do you actively process and how are you growing in what ways so that people can hear just how you're doing that and how you're building those skills for yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> well, back in the uh, back in the day, I was all about revenge. So <laughs> when when I would lose somebody to gun violence or whatever, you know, I was like, we're going to get them back. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's super unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, throughout the years, I've gone through various different coping mechanisms, whether if it was violence or seeking the attention of members of the opposite sex or, you know, drinking heavily and doing a lot of drugs and, you know, self-medicating and just trying to fill that void. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm nowhere near the finish line, mm-hmm. you know, but I would like to think that I've slowly replaced one unhealthy coping mechanism with a less unhealthy coping mechanism. (laughs) And hopefully one day I will have, you know, top to bottom healthy coping mechanisms, but Mm. uh, I'm not, I'm not there yet. You know, if I'm being a hundred percent honest with everybody listening. So, and arguably I'm pretty successful, you know, when you look at me on paper and I'm, I'm not there. So don't, don't feel bad about that. It is what it is. You know, we're all on this journey. And, and can we just unpack that a little bit, Antonio, right? Because I, I struggled with that. I almost took my own life with that mentality that, you know, most people attributed, I'm living a healthy life because I have a successful life, right? That like success and healthy aren't mutually exclusive and, and or are, do not equal each other, right? That like ultimately... We struggle and we're still successful. There are highly successful people who are ultimately out there struggling. And, you know, in your journey, your success and, and what you've done to be able to get to where you are, how have you been able to to juggle that, right? To achieve success and, and still give yourself space to have the moments where you do trip and, and maybe you don't fall the same way, but you just trip and you kind of have to pause for a second. How How have you been able to achieve that as you continue to develop in your success? You know, that's actually one area in my life that I'm, I need a lot of work on. Mm. You know, like I said, no one's, no one's there yet. And I had so much rage based on, you know, not being dark enough to be considered Latino and not being, 
not being enough, just top to bottom, just not being enough for everybody. And then when I got out of jail and there was just a lack of opportunities for, you know, I was a felon with a strike and I was, I just turned 20, you know, I was 19 years old when I was incarcerated and to come out a young man, angry at the system, angry at my skin color, angry at the reflection in the mirror, angry at the fact that so many people left me, you know, as soon as the, those, <laughs> as soon as that jail door closed behind me, it seemed like all those relationships closed off with it. And, um, I was just so mad. And I channeled that into a positive direction. Um, people always told me, you'll go back. And statistically speaking, I should have. So what I did was I flipped it. And I, I wanted to prove everybody wrong. So I enrolled in the local community college. I did, you know, the exact opposite of what I thought. You know, okay, what's the opposite of jail? Well, college, right? So. I did that and I used my anger and I used my hate and I went to college out of spite and oppositional defiance and I started doing good. But the thing that fueled hate is one hell of a passion. It's one hell of an emotion and it will propel you to unfathomable heights. You will just keep going and going because I had it. I had an unlimited supply of this hate mm. and I just kept feeding off of it. Whenever I would get tired, I just dip into my little bucket of hate and drink some of that mm. and I would keep going and I would keep going. And I graduated from that junior college with a 4.0 GPA. And also I got almost every single award offered by that campus as a whole. And I, then I transferred, I went to a four year university and again, I kept dipping into my bucket of hate and I kept drinking from that. Well, you know, and, I, I kept being successful because I didn't unpack my trauma. I didn't unpack my issues and my hurt and my pain. I just kept using it to propel me forward. And I kept saying, if I am so busy, I don't have time to pay attention to my emotions. So when you look at my accolades, I have a... Considering what I've done in college, I have a crazy resume. I have a crazy CD. I have all sorts of lines saying I do all sorts of stuff, primary research. I've gotten a plethora of academic awards and just shit that says, wow, this guy, this dude's basically Hamilton. You know, he's nonstop. You know, <laughs> this guy is always doing something. Hmm. And it's true. I was always doing something because I never wanted to face my demons. I never wanted to unpack these traumas. And it finally came to a peak when I lost, I had, I knew two friends who got shot and killed in one weekend. It was a Saturday and a Sunday and I lost it. And I had a breakdown in class and I ended up going through like a three month depressive episode, like easily three months. And I, you know, I had to be hospitalized. I was put on suicide watch. and. What's crazy is even with all that going on, I was still achieving academically. Even with all that going on, I still graduated as valedictorian from that college. Even with all of that going on, I still earned every single award offered by my department. Just because you are successful does not mean that you got your shit together emotionally or in your family. 
And I will attest to that top and bottom. Look at my paperwork. Look at my paperwork. My paperwork says, God damn, you must have it. You must have it easy. When no. Okay. Yeah. I've got Val Victorian. Yeah. I got all sorts of amazing awards and accolades in terms of academics, but emotionally I was falling apart. And it's because I, I kept dipping into my hate and I kept being so fucking busy that I never focused on myself. I never healed because I didn't want to go down there. Mm. Healing is painful because it digs up trauma. I did not want to go down that road. I did not want to dig up my trauma. I wanted to keep using it to propel myself forward because maybe one day I will be worthy. Maybe one day I will be enough because if I can prove on paperwork that I belong here, maybe you will accept me and Mm. maybe I will be enough because I live my entire life not being enough. Oh my gosh. Antonio, I just want to honor that energy that you just put out and tell you that you are more than enough, my hermano. Like you are fucking phenomenal. And thank you so much for just being willing to, to share that, right? Just how you were able to achieve so much and in one span, right? Just all of a sudden feel the heaviness of all your trauma and still valedictorian, having all the accolades, having all of the academic achievements. Like I want people to like really hear the essence of that, right? Like you can be hella successful. You can feel all of it all of a sudden and still come out on top. But one of the things that Antonio is reflecting very, very clearly is the need to go through that process and do it, you know, preferably in piecemeal, right? So that you don't just get hit with it all. Um, wouldn't you say that, Antonio, right? That it, it might be better sometimes to just process it out bit by bit as opposed to just it all hitting you at some point because, yeah, we could have lost you at some point, Antonio. And I just want to, as someone who is also a survivor or attempted suicide, I just want to, you know, I, I want to honor that about you and your willingness to share that, especially in this month, which is Suicide Prevention Month. And it should be every day, not just today, just to be, you know, keep it real. But um, thank you for that. And I just want us to close off on any resources, books, things that maybe you would want other men or just people who hear this to look into or read, it, read up on and or any other ways that they can support you or your research or things that you're working on, right? Like how can people support you and what resources do you have? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So right now I'm actually in law school. Um, yeah, who would have thought, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So first of all, I want to let everybody know if you have a record and anything is possible, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a lot harder for you, but it's possible. Okay. Don't, don't talk about it. Be about it, you know, and I'm being about it and I'm doing it and I'm doing all this work. So that way the next formerly incarcerated person has it a little bit easier. You know, I'm breaking the mold. What is a violent on paperwork? I am a violent felon. But I do. I am not a violent person. That's what uh, my, one of my friends and mentors, Sean Hopwood, that's how he opens up all of his speeches. I was convicted of a violent felony. I'm a violent offender, but I'm not a violent person. And I stand by that. You know, you shouldn't be reduced to one moment in your life and always labeled that. But, anyways, I'm uh, I'm currently in law school, and that's. So that is a monster. <laughs> I finally found my academic beast. You know? um, I've never been so happy to get a B plus in my life. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in law school. I currently 
well, not currently, I, I go to uh, Santa Clara University School of Law. It's in California, right in the Bay Area, you know, mm. Silicon Valley, home of Google, the word Hella, and Netflix, <laughs> and Apple, so, <laughs> and Facebook. You know, we got all the good shit out here. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm currently loving it. And that's another thing is in terms of healing, Santa Clara has for me been one of the most healing places I've ever been to because I'm allowed to bring who I am in my entirety to the table mm-hmm. and they respect my difference. They encourage me both emotionally, mentally, academically, and professionally. My background does not hinder me from moving forward. Mm-hmm. My background is actually celebrated by some of them. And it's weird because I had a, one of, one of a, you know, all the stones, we know each other, right? I had a, I was talking with a, a mentee of mine who is looking at going to different law schools and he was looking at Santa Clara because of how well they treat formerly incarcerated people there. And it was funny. I ended up talking with one of the admission staff and uh, no, 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 excuse me. He was talking with one of the admission staff and the, check this out. What she said was, cause he, he told her, he was like, Hey, I'm formerly incarcerated. I got a felony. And she was like, all of a sudden she got giddy. She was like, oh my God, we love our felons. Oh my God. <laughs> like, can, you, can you imagine that though? Like, how awesome would that be to have something that's been arguably your biggest barrier in life now, once you've got a violent felony, to now be celebrated like that? You know, to now be like, yes, you have something of value. Mm. You are valuable. You bring something to the table that is valuable, especially in the field of law. Mm. You're no longer talking about theories. I'm talking about lived experiences. Mm. Let's, I mean, like, okay, we can talk about, you know? Yeah. No, and, and Antonio, I, I, and just to, just to be clear with folk, right? Like I, let's, let's definitely celebrate people and, and, and the language use, you know, yes, let's, let's show all the love to our felons. You know, I have a felony as well. Um, but we would prefer not to be called felons, right? Uh, you know, as much as yeah, uh, people-centered yeah, no, no, language. The, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the proper term, and most people don't know it yet, but it is slowly starting to be more and more known, is formerly incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So that that is the properly ter- proper term, or you could have system involved, system impacted, justice impacted, but the most common one is formerly incarcerated. Yes. Um, the reason why I use the word felon is because I'm in law and legally speaking, that is the proper term. Yes. Now that is insensitive, but dictionary wise, that is the right word as well as I use it for impact. Um, everybody knows what a felon is. Everybody knows that a felon is the big fuck you. You know, it's, it's the big one. Yes. And when I know that word has a lot of sting in it, mm-hmm. I know it does. And I use it intentionally in specific areas. Mm-hmm. And I want to be very clear about this because I've been published a few times and I use that word and I also use formerly incarcerated and I alternate between the two. And if you look at how I use the word felon versus how I use the word formerly incarcerated, you can see the difference. Yes. And, and I do it with purpose. I do it with intention. I'm not doing it because I'm insensitive. I'm doing it with the, with the end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. I know that when people are scrolling through Facebook and social media, and they see something called a felon with a voice, they're going to go, oh, shit, what the, what is that? <laughs> you know? And, and it's clickbait. Yeah. It is. 
I know mm-hmm. it's clickbait. And I did that on purpose because then when you click on it, you'll see my article talking about how you should not let, you know, you shouldn't reduce felons or any. And I, I even switched throughout almost the entire article. I used formerly incarcerated. Mm-hmm. But I used the word felon in the title to grab people's attention. Well, I use the word felon to leave the sting in words because I know how much impact that word has. So I want to make sure that people know I'm not being insensitive. (laughs) I'm being very mindful and I'm being intentional as to why I use that word versus formerly incarcerated. And when I use which one is with a purpose. Yes. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you for the clarification. And thank you for being willing to share your journey and for being able to unpack a little bit of, of even that experience. Cause that's one thing that kind of brought us together and while we were connected and lead up to this, but I just want to end off on, on a big, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, hermano, for being willing to come on the show and yes, please let's stay connected and, and hopefully we can have you again. So you can keep unpacking some of the stuff that you're working on and maybe have other things that you can share in the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. No, I uh, appreciate you having me on. I appreciate the conversation we had, and hopefully it will reach somebody. You know, if it reaches more than one, cool, but if it reaches one, I'll feel like this 30 minutes or however long it's been has been a success, and it was a good way to use my time. Yes. Um, the main thing I want to let people know as, as we wrap up is there's always hope. It doesn't matter if you're convicted of a felony, it doesn't matter if you're formerly incarcerated. It doesn't matter if you're broken, homeless, or whatever you're going through. Because at the end of the day, you can make it through. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of trauma. It's going to take you longer because it's a healing process. But mm. it's not a race. Life is very long. You've mm. got a long way to go. And you got to start forgiving people. you got to start accepting things that you can't change. And change things that you can. You know, change things you can't accept. And you'll be all right but it's a process and everybody it's not one size fits all healing is different and again do not try to eat the whole damn cake at once <laughs> you know yes. you gotta you gotta unpack that monster piece by piece but yes. at the end of the day it's it's a lot of work and it's gonna be painful but it's worth it in the end it's so worth it thank you antonio i really appreciate that thank you for tuning in Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and follow us at Healing Ninjas on all social media platforms. If you're interested in sharing your own story, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.